Fuck, I hate stand-up comedy. All right, let's get going, man. Welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit Serious with Sahib. We have the one and only, he's a stripper, street performer, he's traveled the globe, he's now a stand-up comedian. His real name is not Shine, but he goes by it. How are you, mate? I'm great, man. What an intro. Oh, thanks, man. I feel like we should have set the bar a little lower. Lower than that? Oh, no. And you, oh, I forgot. You also do OnlyFans? There we go. Degrade me. No, no, only. <laughs> see, this is my issue with OnlyFans is that I wish I was a hot woman. Yeah. Not even a hot woman, just a woman. Yeah. And they're just fucking killing it, dude. I think they're transitioning. You reckon? Yeah, just for the fiscal reasons. Just for- but like, maybe some of these chicks are making like fucking three, five, maybe ten grand a month. Make a lot, man. Like my girlfriend has sixty followers on it, and she makes like two grand American at least a month. And, Shit. And that, that's if she's just fucking around. Like if she was really pushing it, she could probably make like three or four grand already. That's fucking. That blows my mind. And it's just like, oh, we, okay. So being is. So do you like? Do you obviously like stripping? Don't you? I love stripping. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about? Is it just like just. Is it the performing part of it, or is it just like these bitches are like attracted to you? Well, normally, both. If I wanted to like randomly put my balls on a girl's head, I would get arrested. Yes. But instead, I found a crew where I could get paid for. <laughs> and and uh, are they like completely? Are women as wor- worse than men at strip clubs? Yeah, they're animals. They yeah. do everything men wish they could. Yeah. Yeah. They can get handsy. The bouncers just think it's funny. Oh, like, I would shit. have, like, a, a Mexican girl, like, aggressively grabbing my penis. And I'm like, a little help bouncers were like, I think you got it, Buck. <laughs> That's fucking... This is here, right? Yeah. Have you stripped all around the world? Or no, just... no, I started here. You started here. How yeah. long have you been stripping for? Five or six years. Oh, shit. That's a fucking solid time. Yeah. What caught you... Did you, someone else told you about it? Or you um, were just like, I want to put balls in people's faces and get paid for it? A little it. bit of both, you know. I always dreamed about doing this as a child. No, I'm... <laughs> I was a circus performer, and oh, there's crazy. a big crossover from circus performance to stripping. Really? Yeah, like most girls you know, if they like do circus and they say they're like an acro yoga teacher or something, yeah, they're they're stripping. Stripping. Yeah. So I was living with a bunch of female circus performers that started yeah. stripping. Basically, all my female friends at once started stripping. We called it the strip apocalypse, and it was <laughs> right around 2012. So we're like, the singularity oh. is near. And then uh, one night I was up on a bender doing a bunch of different drugs and I saw this big 4x4 Jeep pull into the back yeah, yeah. and I was like tweaking out, looking through the shutters and yeah. it ended up being a guy who owned a stripper net. Yeah. And so I came out and he was dropping off one of the girls. I came out and bullshit with him and he gave me a card. And the girls always said I should try it and eventually I got into it. it was How was your first gig doing oh, it? dude, it was terrible. Yeah? Yeah, it was awful, man. It was at this company called uh, Raphael Exotic. Who's recently gone under under a lawsuit? Oh shit! Girl got lit on fire or something. Allegedly. Jesus Christ. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, my first gig was at a place in New West. Okay. And I was doing a lot of drugs at the time. Specifically, was it a strip club in New West. Eight. I think it was a club in New West, okay. but they were doing a ladies' night. Though. Okay, okay, okay. And I was particularly fond of a cocktail called KGB, which is ketamine, GHB, and blow. Okay. And so I, instead of getting, I have lied about my experience. Like yeah. I, I'd only seen my friend in Australia do it. Yeah. 
And then I just, I figured, because I'm a circus performer, how, you, you how different can, can yeah, you be, Yeah, you can right? just translate across. Yeah, I'm a circus performer. I've seen Magic Mike, same thing, right? <laughs> so, so the night before, instead of getting ready, I just did a ton of these KGBs. Jesus Christ. With this girl and just threw a playlist together last minute. I was, like, riding my bicycle in, like, stingy clothing. Yeah. Ended up being late to the club. I showed up just, like, drenched in sweat, late, and having no idea what I was doing. Fucking hell. Did you get tipped well, though? Oh, man. Well, that night was... I can't even remember. Yeah? That night out was, of your mind. That night was a mess. Like, I, I went... I went, they're like, hey, are you ready? You're ready to go? Are you tied off? And I was like, huh? Tied off? Yeah, that's what I said. And immediately when I said, like, tied off, what do you mean? That's like when the jig was up, they knew I wasn't a stripper. Oh, shit. So I talked about this on Pang's pod, but... Yeah. A tie off is when you take the end of a condom you double it up and you put it on your dick before oh, yeah, the show so, you, so it keeps hard for the show so as soon as I said look, I don't know what a tie off was they just knew and so like okay so and I'm a grower not a shower oh yeah I think and I was on drugs and then, so I went out there and like the girls were going crazy at first and then all of a sudden the, the jig was up like I was naked one song into a four song set and it was just 15 minutes of me wandering around the stage, oh, like Jesus pretending Christ. to talk into a walkie talkie. Like I prayed there'd be one of those big hooks to just, just pulled you off stage. stage. Like my clothing was, it was just a fucking mess. The guy after the show was just like, kid, it's obvious you don't have any experience. And I was like, yep. He's like, you lied to get in here. I was like, yeah. Yep. He's like, but you got balls, kid. You're hired. Fucking hell. Fair he enough. He never called me again. <laughs> No, that's fucking nuts. All right. So that's so how has it been like transitioning from that into like fucking OnlyFans or like did you chat the chat bait? Chatterbait. Chatterbait. I do chatterbait as well. It's not it's not as fun, man. Cuz it's just like virtual kind of. That's yeah. why I don't like doing like virtual podcasts as well. Just you lose that human interaction 100%. part of it. It's it's something I tried 5 years ago, but I just didn't like it. Yeah. I was too busy like doing shit I liked, like doing yeah. street performance, making good money. I'm like, why am I wasting my time doing this? I yeah. can do what I love. But then the pandemic hit, and you got to do what you got to do. Hundred percent. So I went. I waited until about June before I started doing it again, and then I realized like, oh, live entertainment's not coming back for a while. Yeah. And so I just started doing it, and I was I was treating it like a job for a while. Yeah. I made like ten grand over a couple months. Fuck, fair enough. It was okay, and then I just when I started doing stand up, I found something I liked again. Yeah. And just, I fucking All hated it that. since. No, that's fair, because I was listening to Joe Rogan the other day, and he's saying that like people are like, oh, you're so successful, how did you do it? He's just like, I just do shit I like. Yeah. And it's I'm like, that's so true. Instead of like, because I see so many people like forcing things to happen, and it's like, dude, just just if you like it, you event, just put a bit of time into things you like, and you'll just get better at it, right? Uh, but yeah, fuck it. Just, I think that's the best thing, just do whatever you like, because if you're passionate about it, you'll just come across, your energy and everything will come across to it anyway. I've always done alternative things yeah. and anything I've ever succeeded in, I did not go in with the intention of being successful. It's so true. Like with circus, yeah. I was just doing circus. I fucking loved it. Yeah. I put all my energy into it and then I got started getting paid for gigs. I didn't even realize it was a thing you could make money with. Yeah, you were just having a fucking good time. Yeah, I was just doing what I enjoyed. And I've always made the compromise of like quality of life even. Well, comfort over yeah. like quality of life for me like I spent a long time like just hitchhiking and dumpster diving just so I could do what I love to do fucking hell yeah. like when I started no no go on go on when I started circus I was living in a big green school bus holy shit that's pretty cool though because I, I found I 
found circus at Burning Man. I started yeah. doing fire dancing, and then I went to live in Santa Cruz, California. Fucking. I hell. went to my. I think it was my first Burning Man. Yeah. And I yeah. had no idea. No, it was my second Burning Man. And I realized after Burning Man happens, I'd always have my plans open and just let whatever happened at Burning Man steer my future. Fucking that's cool. Because I was just living out of my backpack, hitchhiking around. So a guy in Santa Cruz, California offered to let me work at his trim scene. Yeah. And so I was just like his little trim help, his little trim elf at like an indoor grow up. Yeah. And I started trimming, working in Santa Cruz. And then I got kind of unhappy there and stagnant. And then I got an invite on Facebook about a circus retreat in Mexico. Yeah. So I just went down to Mexico, did this circus retreat, fell in love with circus. And then the people that threw the retreat, they invited me to come tour with them in Canada. Oh, shit. And so I lived in a big green school bus with like 10 other people. And yeah. we just started going from festival to festival. And I started learning about circus. That's fucking awesome. But I was man. dirt poor at the time. I was dirt poor and I didn't yeah. want to work. All I wanted to do was perform, so I started just stealing all my food. Holy shit! But that's fucking dope. Like, do you like? Do you look back at it and go, "That's fucking awesome." Yeah, though, right? yeah, man. That's fucking sick, though. Like, How- I, I would just, I would walk into grocery stores yeah. and I would just <laughs> fill up those reusable bags and yeah. just walk out like I own the place. <laughs> and no one would say anything. Not for a while. Not for a while. And then I started getting more greedy. I just started going to the nicest ones, like the whole food places, and like filling it up with like rose oil and like expensive superfoods. Just kept upping the ante, but then uh, I eventually got caught down in California. Shit. Yeah. So you just got like there's residue or whatever? Okay, so it's like it always happens. I've I've done a lot of illegal shit in my lifetime, allegedly. (laughs) Fictional stories, (laughs) allegedly. And my friend was going to help me buy my Burning Man ticket because I didn't have any money. Yeah. And so I said, hey, man, can I just get you some, like, food and supplements and stuff and we'll just trade them? Yeah. So I was uh, down in Oregon and I went into a very, very nice place. Yeah. And something was off immediately. I had this intuition that just something was not working. Yeah. But I was ignoring it. I was like, whatever. I've gotten away with this, like, a hundred times. Allegedly. Yeah. And, uh, like, (laughs) what's one more time? So I start filling it with all these expensive things. I'm about to walk out the store and I get this feeling of like, fuck, something's off. So I just wait at the front entrance and this guy walks by me and he just stares at me and then he walks back in and I was like, something's off, but I'm like, fuck it. So I just start walking with these two heavy bags. I get around the corner and this guy taps me on the shoulder and he goes, hey, it's over. Come with me. I turn around and it's the security guy who I saw earlier. Yeah. And so I just, my life kind of pauses for a second. I look around. I'm like, what do I do here? I give him a hand of the two heavy bags. He's a really big guy. Yeah. He grabs the bags. As soon as he grabs the bags, I just fucking turn around. Book it. I just book it. It's fat. I'm sprinting. I'm yeah. fucking super afraid. I'm reasonably fast, but when yeah. you're afraid, you'll run really, really fast. fast yeah, right? you're surprised what your body can do, right? When yeah. you're under pressure. So I get away from this guy and I think, it, I think I'm in the clear. And then I'm in another kind of like complex, like a strip mall complex. Yeah. And all of a sudden I hear this ring oh. coming behind me. I turn around and there's this old like fucking retired, like Matlock style senior citizen. <laughs> and he goes, I'm not letting you get away with that boy. You're coming to justice. You're coming to justice, fella. And I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, 
He's like, I'm not gonna let you get away. You gotta go. You gotta pay your crime now. You gotta pay your crime. <laughs> I don't know if you had that accent, but he's funny with the accent. Yeah, it definitely is. And so I was like, oh fuck, because you can't outrun a scooter. No. So I just stopped in the middle of this parking lot, and I was like, hey man, please, I'm begging with them. I was just like, please, he's like, you gotta learn your lesson. You gotta learn your lesson. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm a kid here. Like, I'm gonna get thrown in jail. Please, just let me get away. He's like, no, no. You gotta learn your lesson. Fuck. You gotta learn your lesson. I'm pleading with him. I'm begging. I'm like, thinking my head should punch this guy he grabs he grabs his cell phone and he starts talking and now he's talking to the cops and he's yeah. like yeah i'm with this guy he just i'm like please man please he's like nope nope fuck nope. what a piece of shit and then i really yeah man, i just realized like they had the groceries i wasn't getting like getting yeah, away with anything there, right? yeah. but he knew i was gonna do it again fuck out of the way. He knew yeah <laughs> and then so i just i made another call and i was just look to my left look to my right saw residential houses to my right yeah and i just fucking booked it again Start running for the residential. He's in hot pursuit on this little fucking scooter. You gotta learn your lesson. You gotta learn. Yeah, I call him the moped vigilante. And then so I like fucking, I jump into the jump into the lawn. I'm like jumping over fences, running through the lawn. Get yeah. on the other side. By the time I'm on the other side, he's already there, like fuck right in front of me. I'm like, oh fuck! So I double back the way I came. Yeah. Start running. I hear him coming around the block, and that's when I decide I'll fake going back yeah. and then keep going it's, forward yeah so then i lost him right so i'm running through all these houses i'm running through residential i'm getting all scraped up i'm like oh. running through people's decks like they're having barbecues and shit <laughs> and then all of a sudden i see where that green school bus is parked yeah and i'm just praying like i'm running sprinting through these fields i'm just praying please let the door be open please let the door be open to the bus i sprint finally make it boom the door's open i run into the bus close the door it's a big circus bus so yeah. there's like stage props and like oh, beds geez, and stuff everywhere stuff. and i just fucking dive into the stage props bury myself deep deep under the shit it's like 30 degrees that day jesus Christ. it's super hot everything i can hear everything all the oh, blood pumping in my veins i'm all scraped up just like racked with adrenaline oh. and i'm just laying there listening to my own heartbeat for like 15 minutes and then all of a sudden i hear the bus door open and i hear this british guy and he's talking to some other people. I didn't recognize the other voices. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, just right through here, right through here. That's Thanks, Blake. And so he's showing two people. And then I hear them kind of ruffling through stuff, like going through things. And then they leave. It's quiet again. He comes back on five or ten minutes later. He goes, shiny, shiny, you in here, mate? You in here? And I'm fucking terrified. So I just make like a little ee, yeah. ee. He comes over, he's like, you in here, mate? And like, just poke out a little bit like a mouse. Yeah. And he's like, mate, the cops were just on the bus. Like, they're looking for you. He's like, stay under there. I was like, oh, fuck. So I stayed under there for like a few more hours until everyone got back from our circus troupe, like the director, the owner, everyone who lived there. Jesus. And then Christ. I just heard the blinds close, the door close, and the director goes, so if there are any fugitives in the bus, you can come out now. <laughs> and I just, I have... I refused to come out. I was terrified. So I just kind of like poked my head under. He's like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're not going to leave town tonight. That'll look too suspicious. We're going to stay here tonight, sleep here tonight. We're going to leave town tomorrow. And so I just stayed under the bus. Jeez. I got somebody to hand me like a pee bottle. I read the entire book Dune while I was down there. Fucking hell. Killer book. <laughs> Killer book. So we, uh, we go out to one of their friends' property just outside of town yeah. the next day. I'm there. I think everything's okay. I think I got away with it. All of a sudden, we're sitting at dinner, and these are people I've never met before. Yeah. All of a sudden, their phone rings. 
He picks up the phone, he looks at me, he says, hey, Shine, the phone's for you. I'm like, huh? And the director's just kind of looking at me like, so I go up, I answer the phone, and it's another person that we met at music festivals that knew me, they knew the family, they knew the director. Yeah. And he goes, hey, did you get in some trouble yesterday at this grocery store? And I was like, nah, man, don't know what you're talking about. That wasn't me. And he goes, okay, well, the police just came by my grocery store, and they're showing a photo of you. <laughs> and I guess it's not you, but this guy looks exactly like you. So it wasn't you but you might want to lay low for a while. Jesus like, Christ. Heart sank. Yeah. Heart sank. And then uh, eventually we just ended up going to Burning Man. My burn was kind of cursed that year because every time I turned around, I thought the fucking moped <laughs> vigilante was going to be there. <laughs> That's fucking crazy though. Oh, dude. And then the universe brought me back. I'm such a fucking hippie. The universe like brought me back yeah. to that town because I got a job trimming. Yeah. And I was like, oh, where's the job trimming? It was in that town. That's fucking I was nuts. like, oh, man, I have to go. So I, like, cut my hair. I dyed my hair. It was, it was That's wild, man. fucking crazy. That's cool. That, like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously in the moment, it's shit. Yeah, it's a great story. A great story. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all you have at the end of the day, right? It's yeah. just fucking great. That's fucking crazy. But you went to... So you've traveled a lot. You did did you did whole of India, right, basically? Um, No, just a, a couple places. Most of Yeah, how long yeah. were you there for? I was there for, I think, three months. Shit, that's a solid time. Yeah. Where did you, like, start? Did you, like, Delhi? Started or? in uh, Bombay. Yeah, okay. Mumbai, what do you prefer? Yeah, what do you prefer? I, I don't know. I, I think... I would say stick it to the colonial pace. I, I think they changed it to Mumbai, but it's like, it's just like, after 50 years, though, of the independence, you're going to change the name now? Yeah. So dumb. I think it's just... I think people still call it Bombay. Bombay sounds cooler. Yeah, so I reckon that's... Bombay's fine. I think it sounds better as well. Bombay sounds like a dance, though. <laughs> Started there and then I went to Goa. Oh shit! Spent a yeah. Long time Just Goa. fucking got high as a kite. Had a good time. I loved Goa, man. I yeah. stayed in the place. Have you heard of Arambol? No. Arambol is kind of like the hippie little mecca where everyone comes. All the artists come. Yeah. Circus people come every night on the beach. There's a jam with just hundreds of people. Down Crazy. There. But yeah, I got high as a kite. Yeah, my mate apparently he did like six months in India and he said the same thing. He says like Goa was it favorite part just because he's english and loves doing ketamine <laughs> yeah 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 i was just gonna say love doing ketamine and, and he's just yeah, he's just like yeah he was supposed to be there for like a week ended up staying there for like a month and then just fucking loved it and he's yeah, just like, i found ketamine at a one of the stores down there fucking hell man it was wild i had this i've gotten ketamine in like allegedly i've yeah. gotten ketamine in like all these different countries all over the world and I have this one little, I was raised by a single mom. Yeah. So I kind of had this one rule where I didn't want to ask the person if she was a female. Yeah. So if it was like a man working there, I'd ask him. But if there's a female, it would like bring me shame. Oh, I see. Because yeah. I'd see like that reflection of my mom. Oh, I see. I just yeah. couldn't like deal you with it. Yeah. And your dad used to don't give a shit about you. Like, fuck. Oh, no, that makes sense. My dad so. would probably sell an academy if you were <laughs> No, it's fucking nuts. But like, so you went to also went to South America and yeah, I gotta tell you this academy yeah. story first though. <laughs> Come on, go on, tell me because it's story. a good one. Right. So I kept going to like these different um these different places trying to get academy. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't this finding it anywhere in the world. Is it in India? This is in India. Okay. So I kept going to these different pharmacies, yeah, yeah. trying to find it, trying to find it, and then I drove just randomly down some roads. <laughs> well, the way back's a good story too. And so I get to this place, and there's a woman there, and I have a good feeling about yeah. the place. You know, you get good feelings sometimes. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna ask this lady. Everyone had been saying no, just looking at me kind of weird, like I'm a junkie, which I am. But they didn't have to give me that. One. <laughs> so then, so then I get to this one lady, and I goes, "Do you have any ketamine?" She goes, 
yes, sir, how much would you like to buy? Fuck and it. I was like, how much you got? And then so she like calls her dad in from the back. Her dad goes in. So now usually when I bought in ketamine in places, yeah. it was in liquid. Okay. Because it was like for farm animals and stuff. Yeah. Her dad comes out, goes to the front, like lifts up some like magic carpets and shit. And then he pulls, starts pulling out like bags of powdered ketamine. Or I think it was in vials. He starts pulling out vials of ketamine. Jesus Christ. And she goes, how much do you want? I'm like, how much is it? And I think the equivalent was around $10 a gram or something. It's all right, I guess. Pretty, pretty decent. And it says, she's like, how much do you want? I'm like, well, I got to try it first. And she's like, yes, sir. And so they like brought me into the back room. And now I'm like in the back of this doctor's office Fuck with her no. dad. And they just start pouring me out ketamine. And I just start chalking up lines in the back of this doctor's office. I snort two big rails of it. And then I go, I'll be back in 30 minutes. And I just start wandering the street with like this red ball that I have, like talking to Shiva. And I'm like, that Jesus. shit's amazing. I'll take 10. 10 grams? Yeah, I think so. Is that heaps? That's a lot. Yeah? Yeah, like a gram for a new user might last them like two or three nights. Oh, shit. Maybe one night if you're going balls deep. Yeah. So then, do you want a side tangent story? Yeah, do it, man. Do it. So then on the way back from getting ketamine, I didn't just have ketamine at the time, allegedly. <laughs> I had ketamine. I had a bunch of acid. Oh, fucking hell. A couple up. hundred hits of acid. I had some Valium and I had a bunch of cash. And I'm speeding down the road and a cop jumps in front of me. Yeah. And he stops me. And I'm still kind of high. I'm getting yeah. It. And he's like, give me your information. And I'm like, okay. Because I didn't know in India they just shake you down all the time. The yeah. The best thing to do to a cop is either pay them or tell them to fuck off. Yeah. And so he's like, give me all your information. He's like, you were, you were blah, blah, blah. He's like trying to get money. I, I know he's trying to get money from me, right? Yeah. So when I travel, I always have a burner wallet. Okay. Burner cool. wallet has like a copy of my ID and just a little bit of money. Yeah. So if it gets stolen and then I have my other money, like in this case, it was in my backpack. Yeah. And so the guy's like, you're in trouble, blah, blah, blah. Give me your ID. Yeah. I, I just give him the photocopy of it. And he's like, what's in your backpack? And I didn't hide it or anything. So my bag was just chock full of drugs and money. Yeah. Fucking hell. It's just chock. I'm like, oh boy, there's probably cash in there. I was like, it's really fucking going down now. <laughs> and he's like, what's in your bag? I was like, nothing. He's like, come on, what's in your bag? I was like, nothing. Okay. How much money do you have? I gave him like four dollars. <laughs> Little did he know I had a bag full of drugs and hundreds of dollars right there. I give him like four bucks and, and he's, he's like happy, happy days. He just tells me to go. That's fucking crazy, it dude, man. Wild, man. Oh, dude, that's some I'm like it's again, it's shitty like thing to happen at the time. No, that was awesome. Was it? Were you just high as fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so you're driving a scooter? Yeah. You don't, don't feel scared or anything when you're like on drugs? Well, ketamine kind of like takes away your fear. Yeah? Yeah, if I was too high on acid, I might get a little nervous. Start tripping out, right? So I'd balance it out. <laughs> With other drugs. Oh, dude. I was doing so much ketamine down there that my nose would just start bleeding profusely. Oh, and there was nothing I could do to stop my nose bleed. So when I wanted to go somewhere on my scooter, I would take a red bandana and just tie the bandana around my face as tight as I could. And then my face underneath would just be, I'd be high as fuck on acid and ketamine. And my face underneath the bandana would just completely caked in blood. But did, how long did it just keep going for? The nosebleed? Yeah. The, the, the nosebleed. Probably Bender's probably still going now. Um, no, I'm good now. Yeah. Seven days clean. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. The nosebleeds were just, I've always been prone to nosebleeds. Okay. Like my whole life I've been prone to nose oh, So if I do too many nose drugs, my nose starts bleeding profusely. Fucking hell, man. 
There's a remedy for it over here, though, in yeah. North America. Yeah, there's something called the yarrow. Yeah, there's a plant called yarrow. And yeah. if you take this leaf called yarrow, I think it's yarrow. I might be getting it wrong. Is it taro? Yarrow. Yarrow. I think. I might be getting it wrong. Okay. But if you take, it has a white flower on it. It grows all over. If you take the leaf yeah. and you roll it up, it will clot blood almost instantly. Oh, shit. You take this leaf to, sh- I used to just do that in music festivals. I go and wild harvest, wild craft some yarrow and just shove it up my snout and keep going. Well, that's all right. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> That's fucking wild, dude. Like, the most, like, I've done is just shrooms. That's, like, the extent. Well, I've done weed, bit of coke. But I think shrooms is probably my favourite. Yeah, like, I love shrooms. I think it's just a good time. You just fucking figure out the world, don't you, when you're on shrooms. It's it can great. be a good time. Hey? It can be a really bad time. Oh, yeah, I've seen people have bad trips, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to walk away now. When I was young, I used to have them all the time. It's bad trips? Yeah. Really bad when I was, like, 13. 14. Shit, you're dropping shrooms. Is that 13? Yeah, I didn't ask it for the first time I was 12. Fucking hell, that's that's wild. Who gave you acid at 12? Just some chick at a music festival. You went to a music festival yeah. at 12? <laughs> what music? Was that your first music festival? That was my second one. I went to one when I was like 11, I think. I might be getting the ages wrong. But it, it, right, 11. Around those ages, yeah. Yeah, it was before grade 8. Jesus Christ. It might have been grade 8. He went for like the weekend. Yeah, yeah. We I went for the first time with my mom and her friend. Okay. And they took me to the Win and me and a friend to the Winnipeg Folk Music Festival. Yeah. I was living in Alberta at the time. And then the next year my mom just my cool mom's friend was going. Okay. And my mom didn't want to go and I asked my mom, Hey, can I go with your friend? Yeah. And she said, Yeah. Fucking hell. White people, man. Yeah, you can go to this, this lady to a festival. Yeah, you can go with this lesbian crystal healer to a fucking two provinces over with your two worst friends. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Oh, that's Thanks, fucking mom. that's fucking gold, though. <laughs> yeah, my parents wouldn't let me do that. That's so sick, though. Like, fuck. But then, so you've been going. How old are you now? If they want me asking. I think I'm thirty-one. I would have to check my ID, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fuck. You look. You look good for thirty-one, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it bites me in the ass sometimes at strip gigs because. Girls will be like touching my dick, and they're like, "You look young enough to be my son's age." And I was like, "Whatever you want." Really? Mommy. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking weird, man. <laughs> it's like whatever you want, mom. <laughs> Is it mostly older women that go to strip clubs, or like no, all all in between? Yeah. Man. You get a lot of like really young hot girls. You just love going to strippers. Yeah, especially at Brandy. Well, for like bachelorettes and shit. Yeah. Like if if one of their or for birthdays, just like twenty year old girls. Maybe one of them's getting married. Like you'll just luck out, and it's just insanely hot girls. Sometimes. Yeah? Fucking, that's crazy. Good for you, man. Thanks, bro. <laughs> no, oh, my cool. girlfriend's not listening. Oh, she probably won't. No, listen to this. Yeah, that's what I love about them. You're like, <laughs> unless I get unless I get some success from this, no one's listening to it anyway. It's a good conversation. Yeah. No, it's fucking dope, man. So South America, I've heard some... Heard, you heard you got a wild... South you got America's a wild dope. one. Where, where did you go? Did you do the whole thing as well? Or like no, I did start? the three countries there yeah. on... Two different trips. Yeah, my brain is very, yeah, as you can imagine, from all the, <laughs> the ketamine. All, all the drugs, yeah. allegedly. Uh, my fir- allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, my first trip was to Peru, and it was for three and a half months with one of Holy my best friends. Shit. You got to the what the fuck's up? Uh, so I started backpacking like as soon as I graduated high school. It's like eight, 17, 18. Yeah, I got. I was eighteen. I uh, worked construction all summer, and yeah. me and my best friend from school, we went to Central America for four months. Fucking and then we dude. did that again, but we went to South America okay, instead. So you went to Peru for like, did you do Machu Picchu and all that? Yeah, we went to Machu Picchu. Um, we kind of fucked up. We bought acid for Machu Picchu 
and we were going to drop acid in Machu Picchu. We were yeah. also going to do the hike. You can do this like yeah. the trail, like three or four day hike, and then you can go to Machu Picchu. But my buddy's leg got really infected. So you took the train? Yeah, so we took the train. And unfortunately, when his leg was really infected, we had to stay in the hospital. He almost lost his leg. Man. Holy shit. We had to, yeah, yeah. What did he do? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked. So me and my best friend, Eric, were just a complete, we were complete fucking idiots down there. Like people would call us dumb and dumber, give us in butthead. Because yeah. we would just get into the worst situations possible. And we would just be like laughing as we were almost getting stabbed. <laughs> like, I can't wait to tell this one at the hostel tomorrow. <laughs> like we just always thought it was so funny. So me and him were getting like really just jaded off of traveling. We we're just being like assholes to everyone. We we're smoking weed. We we're eating too much. We we're treating people like shit. Yeah. And we decided we just wanted to go camping and try to like purify ourselves so we had bought some uh like san pedro down there which is like kind of it's kind of like peyote okay similar so we bought a bunch of san pedro and we decided we're just gonna go up in the andes and have a have a peyote ceremony by ourselves we bought these like little cool flutes and some like traditional rainbow folkloric clothing (laughs) and we were in this tiny little town and we were trying to buy camping shit yeah and it was so hard to buy camping stuff and we didn't speak any spanish so it'd be like donde esta campana something and they wouldn't know we're like these guys are fucking idiots they don't even know what we're saying like we deserve everything that's about to happen to us because we were fucking cunts man we were fucking cunts about the whole thing. So we spent like five, six days just being assholes to people, buying like all this shitty camping gear. Yeah. We spend all this time trying to find camping gear, but then we don't plan at all where we're going to go just, camping yeah. and if we can go camping there. So once we get all our shit, we get our new backpacks, we get like rice, beans, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then we just jump in a cab. And when you go like, donde esta bueno campana? <laughs> like, where's good camping? I've been very broken. And like, you, you know, like when you're traveling, like people will just say whatever you want to hear to get your money. Yes. Especially so like, in like countries like that. Yeah. Like yeah. they'll say like whatever, like you're like, do you know where this is? And they'll just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because worst case scenario, they can just drive you around for an hour and keep making you pay money, right? Yeah. So this guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Obviously he doesn't speak English. Spanish, so here we are. So he just starts driving us up these back roads into the Andes. And we have no idea where we're going. We haven't told anyone where we're going or what we're doing. And he just starts driving us on these back roads way up into the fucking Andes mountains for like hours. Finally, we get to the top of like one of these like rural kind of like hilly mountain areas. And he just drops us off. And in our broken Spanish, we go, can you pick us up in like five days? And he's just like smiling and nodding and taking our money. (laughs) And then so we're just like looking around. There's kind of like some farmhouses and there's like a couple like places that were like kind of like the ruins of an old house. Yeah. And we have no idea like what's public, what's private, nor do we care, right? We just want to fucking do some peyote and play our flutes. (laughs) (laughs) So we just like, we keep walking up the mountains until we kind of find like these old kind of like ruins of a place. Yeah. And then we're like, this looks great. So we set everything up that night. We have weird, fucked up dreams. And then the next day we spend the day like collecting water, collecting yeah. firewood, building ourselves a little settlement, right? And then we woke up very early because it was freezing. Like we're way up in the fucking Andes Mountains. Yeah. Next day we wake up, we do all of our chores. We're feeling good, we're feeling accomplished. Like maybe we're gonna trip out on this like San Pedro tonight. Yeah. And then we're just sitting there. I still remember I like I had some bread and I was making a tuna sandwich. And at the time, we were, like, reading Eckhart Tolle's book, like, A New Earth. Yeah. Because we were assholes. And he always talks about, like, the ego.
ego and blah 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 so now we're trying to like be conscious of our egos Egos, whenever we're kind of being assholes like that's just your ego talking like remind each other yeah and so i'm sitting to my back to what's about to happen and my buddy eric just goes joking around he goes hey dave i think we're gonna have to throw down i'm like what are you talking about man and he's like think we might have to fight someone I'm like that's just your ego talking bro like <laughs> that's just your ego blah 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 I'm making my little tuna sandwich he goes Dave turn the fuck around right as I turn around I see like I think it was three or four it's very hard to like completely get all the details yeah. but I see like three or four like just fucking disfigured like the hills have eyes people holy just shit. like they looked all like warped and they looked like fucking demons and they had a giant pig with them this is how I remember it. I don't know if this is 100% true. This is just what I remember. <laughs> and I turn around and they go, Gringos! Bamanos! And he fucking hucks this giant rock at me. Oh and I just like go like, it was like bullet time, like the Matrix. I see it yeah, in slow motion. I move my head to the side and this rock that might have killed me goes past my head. Almost hits me and they start screaming, like going to throw more rocks at us. Like, Gringo! They look like fucking demon hill people. They look like, fucked. They look fucked up. Yeah, man, they looked fucked up. Like they were all kind of like disfigured looking. Their eyes Jesus. were all red. They just look. They looked like fucking crazy, like cannibal mountain people, man. Uh, and so we're like, oh my god, we jump up. We're like, we're like, no problemo, no problemo, chiquillo, por favor, por favor, por favor. Yeah. And they're screaming at us and they're throwing rocks and we're just trying to dodge the rocks. I'm like, what do we do? And Eric's like, run. And so we just start fucking running down the mountain. Yeah. And we're leaving all of our shit, man. I didn't even have a shirt on. We just had like Fuck pants man. on. And we're just running into the Andes down this crazy hill. And they're screaming at and all of our shits at our passports, our money. Holy shit. Every single thing we have. And we're just in survival mode. Yeah. That rock could have hurt me really bad, maybe killed me. Who wouldn't know? Yeah. And so we just start booking it down this mountain. We're fucking running down the mountain. All of a sudden, my buddy, it's a very, very steep mountain. My friend goes, like, head over heels, does a roll. As he does a roll, he scrapes off all the skin off the bottom of his foot in one quick motion. He gets back on his feet, like an acrobatic move. And he's like, fuck, man. Fuck, my foot, my foot. And then we get down to a road, and he's, like, limping. And he's like, dude, I can't go on. I was like, we fucking have to, man. Come on, come on. So I sling, like... I sling him over me and I'm like kind of like holding him. He's a giant dude. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we see a whole other group of people walking and they have like horses and shit this time. And we're like, hola, please help us, help us, help us. And they just go, ah, and they start running for us. They're all like sprinting for it. We thought they were going to help us. It looks like these people want to fucking kill us now too. <laughs> they start screaming at us, Holy throwing sh- rocks. So we start running down another mountain. My buddy's like, I can't go on. I'm like, they're going to fucking kill us, Eric. They're going to fucking murder us. And so I'm like pulling them along, limping around. The train was too rough for them to even get down. We were just fucking, fucking we were in complete survival mode. Jesus Christ. And the horses couldn't make it down or anything, fortunately. We get down to like kind of like a little farm village. Yeah. And we just start screaming like, help, 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 help. And then like one by one, like these little villagers come out and start coming out. And they're just all looking at us like, what the fuck? is going on i don't even know if they spoke spanish we barely spoke spanish i think they spoke like a different dialect well, yeah whatever like there are indigenous languages yeah, yeah is, they right? have indigenous languages all over there and we're just like begging them for help begging them. they're just kind of like what is going on and then all of a sudden they look up the hill and the people are coming down the hill and at that point like they knew we were in trouble yeah. so they grabbed us and they brought us into like a root cellar 
And they brought us in this fucking root cellar. And we're just sitting in the root cellar and we hear like a bunch of commotion happening in the front. Yeah. And we're just like lying in this root cellar. My buddy's like bleeding out. Holy fuck. <laughs> in fucking where we were in Peru, they eat guinea pigs. So yeah, they were like yeah, cultivating guinea pigs. So they had a bunch of like guinea pigs in the cellar. And he's like, these guinea pigs are going to eat my foot, man. I'm like, shut the fuck up. They're going to eat us, dude. <laughs> and we just like sit in there for what feels like an eternity. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like it kind of quiets down. And they open the cellar and they like bring us up and they put like blankets on us. They give us soup and shit. Oh shit. Right. And then everything's all fine. This story is so weird. I, I wish I was smart enough to make something up like this, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I truly am not. This is like a hundred percent true story. The best I recall it with my drug addled stripper chatterday brain. <laughs> and so they're giving us soup. They're kind of like, it's kind of all good. There was like a village, like elder there. Yeah. Was like holding like a staff and shit. And he was like speaking to us in another language, like kind of like, we got reassuring vibes like they were there yeah. to help us and everything the other people were gone and then all of a sudden out of nowhere this fucking guy walks up who looks completely out of touch yeah like he looks like he just came we're in the like mountains and the hills this guy looks like he's from the city yeah he's like wearing like really nice pristine clothing he's wearing like a lot of white he's wearing yeah. like brand new shoes and he starts like he starts kind of like talking to them and from what we're picking up in spanish he's like hey it's okay. Everything's fine. Like, let your friends go back up there. I'll bring them. It's going to be okay. And we like, we got this vibe right away. Like this guy's fucking evil. Like what's going on? I yeah. swear to God, he was like the devil out of some story. Cause he completely did not fit in there. He had brand new clothing on and he was trying to tell them, Hey, I'll bring them back up. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. And then he said something and the elder in the group, like hit him in the face with Holy like this shit. stick and everyone started screaming again. And they threw us back <laughs> in the root cellar. And then they brought us back out another 30 minutes later. It was like rinse and repeat, like blankets, soup, yeah. like the weird like devil guy was gone. And then all of a sudden these two fucking cops on horses with yeah. AK-47s come up. Because they yeah. had to like, even to get like cops up there, they had to like drive a fucking cab for like 30 minutes. Just up the mountain roads. So all of a sudden these cops come up, they have AK-47s, they're on horses. They put us in this cab. My buddy has to stay in the cab because he's like bleeding out. Yeah. I go with the cops and we go back up to where our stuff was. Yeah. So we have to go back up there. And I swear to God, it was like this divide of like good and evil yeah. up there. Like half of the people like led by like the weird city devil guy were like screaming at us, like freaking out the other half, like led by this like fucking virtuous elder. We're like trying <laughs> to protect us. We got yeah. to our shit. Nothing was gone. Crazy. They hadn't taken anything nothing was moved it, it was it was just and the, the guy was still trying to convince him it's okay just leave them with me like That's leave them with me wild. and then so yeah we, we got all our shit we packed it into the cab and we had to bring my buddy to the hospital and jesus that's Christ. how my buddy's foot got infected fuck is he all right now yeah he's okay but um jesus. it was like a slow infection because we got it treated yeah and it was fine but then all of a sudden like a couple weeks later he could barely walk that's and we, had, we didn't attribute it to that because yeah. it had healed up perfectly. Yeah. So then we'd go into a hospital. They would do blood tests on him and shit, but we were going to cheap hospitals because we were just in Bolivia or whatever yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah. And they couldn't find anything. They'd give him some shots. They'd give him some pills. He'd feel okay. A week later, it would get Same worse. Thing. He did that again. All of a sudden, it got really bad. Like, he could barely walk. So we went to uh, Cusco, which is the town right by Machu Picchu. Yeah. And we went to the most... He had healthcare, thank God. Yeah. We went to the most expensive, fucking nice, upscale hospital we could go to. Yeah. And when we got in there, they did his blood results, and they just came in. They're like, your friend's about to lose his leg. 
Jesus Christ. Switch would have been the hospital and they were like digging in his leg and just pulling out massive amounts of pus. Apparently, if we came in, who knows, a couple days later or whatever, he would have completely cut his leg off. Shit. It's that bad. Fucking hell. Which brings me back to like the LSD and uh, Machu Picchu. Yeah. It it all ties back. (laughs) So we were staying in the hospital and like they basically gave us almost an entire wing to ourselves in this hospital. We had a giant fucking room, not close to anyone else. Crazy. And they let me and my other buddy Alejandro stay in the hospital with my friend. Yeah. And me and Alejandro, we were going out every night partying, getting fucked up. We were bringing <laughs> cocaine back. We were doing fucking coke off the medical cabinets. <laughs> At one point, my buddy's like smoking a joint hooked up to his IV. He drops the joint out the window. It goes two stories down and it blows into another room. But he started getting depressed because we're going out every night and having yeah, fun. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just stuck in this hospital. Yeah. So I go, Eric, we're saving the acid for Machu Picchu, but I think we need to bring up the morale. So we fucking take the acid to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and he's fucking hooked up to an IV in a hospital bed, tripping balls on acid. I'd be like dancing to like electronic music and shit. And then all of a sudden the nurses come in and we're just like, and they're like checking his vitals and shit. He's just trying not to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hospital, bro. Dude, that's fucking crazy. He's got a lot of coke in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> We're racing in wheelchairs on acid. <laughs> it's like, that's nuts, man. That's fucking cool, dude. But it sucks we didn't get to do acid Machu Picchu. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If <laughs> <laughs> you did it in a fucking hospital in Cusco. Yeah, I don't know a lot of people who have done acid while hooked up to it's an IV with a gnarly <laughs> blood infection in the hospital. No, that's fucking crazy. So, like, what made you get into stand-up, though? Like, there's obviously a wedding for... Like, obviously, like, you've done everything else, street performing circus. What made you kind of swing into stand-up? I'm trying to think exactly what got me into stand-up, but uh, probably a big inspiration for mine is probably Byron. Yeah. Byron Bertram, local comedian, for those of you guys that don't know. Yeah. But uh, Byron's a street performer down in Granville Island. Yeah, because he does the... Isn't it the English accent, dude? Yeah, yeah. Byron from England. Yeah. He does a straight jacket escape web. Really? So I, I don't know you did that. I can't remember exactly what it, what got me into it, but yeah. it was probably like due to Byron doing yeah. it. I was like, oh, I should try this out. I think me and Quinn kind of like started it. Yeah. We tried it like three or four years ago at the same time. Yeah. But we just couldn't like deal with the open mics at that point. Yeah, don't Because it was like these shitty fucking woke rooms. I swear to God, we'd go in and we just felt like everybody was projecting on us that we were like the bully that kicked over their sandcastle yeah. eyes. Like everyone was just cunts to us. Yeah. It was like no edgy material was allowed. I did it a couple times and I was so busy with street performance. I'm like, this fucking sucks. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's the thing. Time. It's so bad. It's like, I only, until like fucking recently, I only used to do like comedy like once every couple of months. Just for the same reason. There's a bunch of these fucking, it's this weird vibes when you go into these like open mics and all this other shit. It's it looked like they were wearing costumes to do comedy. Yeah? Yeah, like everyone had like the huge like big glasses and like the knitted tube and like the quirky sweater that didn't fit on. And we were like, you know, fit guys that dressed nice and shit. We just did not fit in at all. Yeah, because you guys, even like fucking Quinn, you guys all fucking like Jack. But then, because you guys obviously like, what do you do for your street performing? Do you like. Um, I do some acrobatics though. So I have like a Chinese pole. So yeah. I get like a bunch of people from the audience to hold these ropes on this pole and I do like acrobatics on it. Fucking And then crazy. I have this big like, do you know what a cereal is? It's like that fake metal ring that you see people stand in and they spit around yeah. and upside down. You so, do that shit. Yeah. That's fucking wild. You let obviously all this through circus, right? Yeah. So that's what, let's go back. So you did, 
what got you into street performing? Was it after you finished with the Quinn. circus? So you, okay, so you met Quinn whilst doing circus, or yeah, I met Quinn in Malaysia. Oh, crazy. yeah, we got we lived in the city, but I didn't know him. Yeah, and then we both got booked for a tourism festival in Malaysia. Yeah, and then we were sharing like we were sharing like a floor of a place with like three people from Vancouver. Yeah, and so like all the boys like we were supposed to all have our rooms as performers, but one of the performers brought like her family and her extended family. And so they like took the what rooms the for the fuck? performers and everyone was like nice and cool about it. But I was like a dick. I'm like, why the fuck do those kids get the room? Like yeah. they should be sleeping on the floor. <laughs> so me, Quinn and this other guy, Nizar, we slept on like this floor for like a month long and we were at a tourism festival and we just fucking partied every night. Oh, it'd be fucking dope, man. I was drunk for like 23 nights. Jesus Christ. Not like drunk, like, like just you're getting fucked up. Like, oh fucked yeah. Up it was to the point where I had to have a couple drinks before the show just to like settle the Jesus Christ. That's Before I got on my stilts, I had to have a stiff drink. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you obviously did that, and then he got you into doing what you did in circus. Yeah, he got me into street performance. That's fucking dope. He was starting to do street performance. Yeah. And at the time, I was trying to be a pickup artist. But then eventually... I pick up, like, pick up women? Yeah. I want to be a dating coach for a while. Yeah? Yeah. So then Quinn was trying to get me, like, into street performance. And then eventually I saw him, like, kind of do well successful with it yeah it's like you should do this too how long did you do did you actually do anything for being a pickup artist no i wanted to be a coach and build my own business because i was really into the self-development aspect of it yeah because that's all it really is isn't it well there's there's two different kinds there's like inner game and outer game and the outer is like the like nagging of like hey like you're kind of cute but not really uh okay like rehashing like these cheesy fucking lines you learn just really like desperate kind of creepy manipulative stuff yeah but the stuff i really i've always been a self-development guy yeah so like one of the things they sell you on with game now is inner game so they take different aspects of like psychology persuasion charisma and they kind of roll it into being a pickup artist so i was like what i can learn about self-development and fuck bitches (laughs) (laughs) make love to me man no, that's fucking sick, man. And but fortunately, I got out of it. Yeah, well, I don't think... I don't know. It's just... It's a weird thing to be into. You know what I mean? Like, because it, it... I don't know. Pick up... Because then it's just... Uh, you're helping these, like, weird... Well, you, you're helping these guys, but I think a lot of these people just... The pickup artists themselves are sleaze bags, and, and they just really care more about this than actually yeah. helping someone else out. I think you should just go to a therapist instead. And, uh, yeah, it's just... <laughs> but... I don't regret doing pickup at all. No. Some of the shit I learned was fucking awesome. Like yeah. now, like I'm obviously in a relationship now, and when I started stripping, there was obviously no reason to do pickup anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like why am I gonna like go out and try to approach girls when I can go to work and there's 20 women like paying to see my dick? Like it that's make, fucking nuts. Doesn't make any sense, right? Did you pick up people from stripping? Yeah, in the past I had when I wasn't in a very but, but- dedicated monogamous relationship. <laughs> Do you still strip now before, like, how long have you been with your missus for now? Yeah, oh yeah, I still strip. That was, like, a prerequisite to our relationship. You're like, I have to strip. You can't deal with this? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, and she's like, what if I start stripping? I was like, I didn't sign up to date a stripper, okay? (laughs) You knew the fine print. (laughs) (laughs) No, fair enough, fair enough. So you obviously still strip when you can. Fuck. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did a show, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah? Yeah. How was that? It was fucking shit. Yeah? Yeah, it was really shitty, man. Uh, it was the worst show I've done in a long time. What's, what's, what do you reckon is harder, stand-up comedy or stripping? <sighs> They're just different. 
Because so what do you have to do? Like obviously, like you can't just take your clothes off, like like straight away, because that's your act, right? So what do you kind of? How do you prepare to well, do? Well, I was already it? a circus performer. So you just do that, yeah, just, and then yeah, just taking your clothes shit. off. Yeah, bro, I got a fire dick pass. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> What's the weirdest shit you've done or seen at watch a gigging at strip places? Okay, well, one time. I stripped for like 15 grandmas Jesus. in a trailer park in Surrey. Oh, yeah. And I was hired by their son, oh, who my. used to be a male stripper. Holy shit. And so I'm like getting ready for my strip gig in like granny's room. And like the guy's like reliving his glory days by like talking to me. And Jake's like, you're going to give my mom some good action, right? You're going to go like, I was like, yeah, for sure, man. Like, for sure. He's like, just so you know, they're a little older. They're a little older. He didn't tell me they were like between like 70 and 90 years old. Like I, think the old I think the youngest girl was like almost 80 and the oldest was 95. And then like, and then so like I did what anyone would do before the show, like cocaine with her son. <laughs> and so I'd be fucking ripping lines before I like teabagged this grandma. <laughs> oh, dude. And they were so handsy, bro. Yeah. yeah, so I think how they pinch it like family reunions, it's like that with a lot more surface area. Fuck. And these, these girls, like, they were so grateful afterwards because I, yeah. I don't discriminate in my shows. Yeah. Like, whether it's like dudes, girls, like fat girls, beautiful girls, they all get the same treatment. Yeah. Like, I'm probably not going to let a guy be like handsy like that, but like any kind of woman, old, fat, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a show to me. I'm a performer. Right? Yeah. It really. You're a good guy, man. It's a little fun when they're it's a lot funner when they're not. It's a lot funner when they're not. When you're not in a relationship. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Very course. dedicated. Yeah, dedicated. <laughs> relationship. But does it, does it feel hot? I think, wouldn't, I think that feel, doesn't it feel weird at the start? Like, obviously, you have to, like, you grow accustomed, I guess, to people's fucking gravity. Yeah, right? well, one of the hardest parts about it, actually, was knowing where to draw the line. Yeah, where is the line? Like, what kind? That's what you gotta figure out, and it differs every single group. Because if you don't push them enough, and you're not sexual enough with them, they'll feel like they didn't get their money's worth, and they'll okay. like be kind of pissed. Yeah. But if you go too far, you make them uncomfortable, and you can ruin the night. And you also have to be like a fucking breathalyzer, like knowing how drunk girls are and shit too. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so that can be it. actually no. The hardest part is when a bride doesn't know you're coming, and she's not. What do you do? Do you keep doing the act? It's tough, man, because that was like the gig I did in Whistler that sucked. Yeah. So this girl didn't know. It's a fucking pandemic right now. Like yeah. People aren't supposed to have anyone from their outside sphere, and they have this dirty vector of disease come in and try to put your <laughs> cock in your fucking face. <laughs> and so, like, it's so hard to tell because the girl would be like, no, I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't like it. But you never know when the girl's just saying that, yeah. wanting you to be, like, alpha. Because yeah. I've had shows where the girl's like, I don't like it, I don't like it. And then I, like, kind of read it play it slow and like a song or two in or even three songs in all of a sudden they fucking love me and they're enjoying the show yeah but then i've had shows where like a girl fucking her and the drunk friend's always like no 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 she's just playing hard to get yeah, she's yeah, just yeah, playing yeah. Like, I'm like, fuck man like where's the line of consent right like i had yeah. this one girl that the girls are like no 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 she likes it she's just feisty she likes it she's just feisty i'm like okay so i try to like set the girl down on a chair to give her a lap dance and the girl just knees me in the car oh jesus like Christ. full bore and i just went this fucking show's over and i just went and like stopped the music and the girl's like 
All of a sudden, the girl's attitude completely changed. She's like, no, I was just playing. I thought it was like... With the one who needed you in the yeah, balls? Yeah, yeah. And then me being the professional I am went, I was kidding too. And I just played the music and she was the sweetheart for the rest of the show. Jesus Christ. Fuck, man. That's dope. But like, it's, it's interesting. Like, I've never obviously done that. So it's like, it's just for me, I'm like, dude, that's so cool. And that's your life. Or I had a gay dude like on a party bus put a bunch of whipped cream in my face and almost had to kick his ass. Why? He took my whipped cream. Yeah. Like doing like whipped cream. Like I'll get girls to like lick whipped cream off me or I'll fucking whipped cream motorboat them and shit. (laughs) (laughs) So much fun. (laughs) It's so much fun that. And this gay guy just like, he was so drunk and he was being annoying the whole show. He just filled his hand with whipped cream and he just fucking like pies me in the face. And I just shoved him as hard as I could across the whole fucking bus. I was like, you better get your fucking friend's shit in order. And they were just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then again, I'll just flip the switch. I'll be very stern for a second. And then you and go back to... Because cool, you kind of have to, right? This makes it awkward then. Yeah. If you've just been a dick the whole time. Yeah. But like, you can't... But then again, people just don't respect other people's boundaries, I guess. Because they're yeah. like, oh, we paid you. Yeah. You're Those our girls monkey. in Whistler were like that. Because the whole time, this like Irish girl was like, I hate blonde. She was just being shitty to me the whole show. Yeah. And so the whole show was so fucking unenjoyable. So you're going to make it shorter, right? Yeah, of course. And then like after it's done, the girl's like, you're not going to do more? I'm like, this whole show was terrible. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, the whole show was shit. And then I go to like change. They try to underpay me. I spend an hour trying to get as much money. And they're like, oh, we made a mistake, blah, blah, blah. So then they pay me and then they give me a big tip. Yeah. I'm up in Whistler. It's like 1.30 in the morning already. I have yeah. to drive all the way home from Vancouver. I'm sober as fuck. And then the girls give me a big tip. And they're like, since we tipped you, can you strip more now? I was like, I just spent an hour and a half changing and in a payment dispute with you. I have to drive back to Vancouver. And now you want me to, now you're going to be cool and you want me to dance more? And I could just hear them so mad. and like, oh, we paid them so much, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like. Jesus but that's the outlier. Usually it's like. Usually it's like dope, right? Usually it's really, really, really. Yeah, it's just the fucking dickhead. You listen because you're always gonna remember those, the unpleasant experiences yeah. rather than the pleasant ones. Right? I think every other one this year was like either good or great. Fucking hell, man. And that was just the last one I've done. It was the shittiest one. Fuck. Yeah, that's why it's stuck in your head though. So uh, stand up when you do a bad set and you haven't performed. Like right now, we barely ever get to perform. You go out do one bad set, and, and it's, it's not like normal where you can go out and do five sets that week. If you have yeah. a bad set, you can do four. Sets. Yeah, and then you just kind of get over it. Ah, yeah. it's just a bad set. But if you didn't, if it was your last set, and you just that's it, that's all you're gonna kind of remember just is just that. Uh, fuck, man, it is shit. But all right, so like, oh, I always like to do this segment of like top five comedians. And obviously, just, who would be to say your? T- I know you've obviously started recently. Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon. Yeah, I fucking hilarious. Tim Dillon, uh, Mark Norman. Um, I gotta put Burr in there. This isn't yeah. exactly in order. Yeah. Although Dylan is my number one. Yeah, Dylan's okay, my number, number one. one. Dylan, Norman, um, Burr, Louie. I'm not sure about the fifth. I'd have to think about that. Top four. Yeah, that's all right. I like Tim. I only got into Tim Dylan recently. I still don't think he's gay. I don't yeah, know. I, know. <laughs> I think he's an agent provocateur <laughs> trying to like delegitimize the LGBT community. It's just. Do you know, because, like, I think, like, with most, like, people in there, in that community, they put, like, an accent on, and he just, just sound, I don't know, and he just seems too straight, but <laughs> I, I don't know, he might be, just be gay. But anyways, man, thanks, dude, for coming on. My fuck. pleasure. Dude, fuck, man, those were incredible stories, man. <laughs> I'm just fucking fine. Wait, alright, man, where, where can we find you, dude? Where can we, where can we find Um, I got Shine. a YouTube up. 
It's um, I only I just started podcasting again. Yep. So there's only one good episode on there. There's a bunch of other shit I've done in the past, but that would be scantily glad with or scantily clad with Buck Johnson. And then I'm creating everything else because I'm starting everything anew. Oh, I was afraid to tell any of these stories because everything I'm saying is illegal, allegedly. Yeah, it never happened. Statue of limitations. <laughs> these are all fictional stories. Yeah. Told from a fun perspective. Absolutely, it didn't happen at all. Exist, but no, the main reason was like I was very worried about losing gigs. Yeah. About it maybe coming back to my mom about corporate stuff. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, everything's been taken away from us. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck it. Who cares, man? So I'll be doing a weekly pod and then I'll also be so, developing all my social media. You can find me at a uh, shiny d d e e on uh, Facebook too. Nice. Fucking dope, man. I'll put all the links in the description below and catch you, motherfuckers, later.